What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's your favorite credit hero, Ronnie Francois. That's right. Your There's probably a lot of credit heroes out there, but I'm definitely, definitely your favorite. And, you know, t today's topic is when is it a good time to co-sign? Um, so that's definitely the topic for tonight. Again, thank you for joining us. So without further ado, we're going to go and get this show started. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? It's your favorite credit hero, Ronnie Francois. Again, there's a lot of credit heroes out there, but I'm definitely your favorite. Again, thank you for being here. If you're watching this live, if you're watching the replay, or if you're listening to a listening device, I definitely appreciate you. Definitely want to thank you. And like I said, the goal is, you know, with this channel is to give you the information that you need. Um, that way you can become a credit hero too. I can't be the only credit hero out there. I can't be helping everybody. So I'm going to need your help. Step it up. You can become a credit hero. Again, thank you for joining us. Again, the topic for today is when is it a good time? When is it, when is it okay to co-sign? That's right. When is it okay to co-sign? I know typically um, growing up, everybody used to say, don't ever co-sign somebody. Don't ever co-sign nobody because you're going to get burnt. They're going to take advantage of you. And then as I got older, I kind of realized that, hey, you know, life happens. You know, I mean, you know, the goal is you want to have good credit. The goal is you don't want to make no mistake. Uh, but at the end of the day, we all need help sometime or another. Um, so as I got older, got more mature, more wise, I realized there is certain time that you can't co-sign for people. But but then again, you have to use your good your God-given common sense. Um, so that's very, very important. So basically... One one of the question is, you know, what is a cosigner? Because um, maybe you might not know what a cosigner is, but basically, what is and also what is the responsibility of a cosigner? What are you what are you responsible for? Uh, basically, let's say you go get a car, uh, and your credit is subpar or it's not good enough. Um, they might ask you, hey, bring a uh, you need a high you need a bigger down payment, or you gonna need a cosigner. So um, many of us have been there, uh, including myself. I've been there before. So you might have been there before too, so it's not wrong with that. Basically, you know, that person is going to be responsible. If God forbid you don't make your payment or you default, that's pretty much what it is. They just, they just, it's kind of, they're kind of like a plan B. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, it pretty much falls on them, which um, some people, that, that has happened to them before. They got burned situations like that before. Uh, lucky for me, I've never had to co-sign for nobody. Um, so I've never been burned. But I'm sure some of your listeners out there have happened to you before. <laughs> so if you're watching this live and you have a co-sign for somebody, you know, put a one in the chat or whatever the case might be. Just put, or you can just put yes if you have ever co-signed for somebody before. Because, uh, again, when you when you co-sign for somebody, you're actually taking ownership or responsibility for that, mer for that merchandise that you buy in case they don't make their payment, uh, which at the end of the day it actually falls on you. Um, so does being a cosign hurt your credit? Um, naturally, being a cosign doesn't impact your credit. The only time it impacts your credit is that person don't make their payment or if they forget to make their payment or they just, you know, just want to screw you over. Because, uh, again, we have some family members where they just, they'll just screw you over pretty much. 
Um, you know, it, some some people are just bad people, and sometimes it's your own family members too. Because um, I know there's one guy I know. Um, he told me he had a co-sign for his sister to get a car, and she made the first payment. And after that, she didn't make no payments on the account. Not only did she like, not only did she default on the loan, but then like she skipped time with the car. So he got stuck with that because he was trying to help a family member. So again, um, sometimes our own family members that do us like that. And that's why a lot of people are just so afraid to co-sign for friend and family member. Um, yeah, I see you out there, Jessica Reed. Yeah, so um, it's, it's definitely like that. Um, so, well, you know, because sometimes we have the best intention. We want to help people. But then once you get screwed over, um, it can definitely impact your credit. Your credit. So, again, being a co-sign doesn't hurt your credit unless the person, for whatever reason, decide on to do that obligation or that in the bargain. And, again, sometimes that does happen. That's just life. Because when you have a good heart, you will get screwed over at this fact. And is co-sign a good idea? Um, so, you know, like I said, it really depends on the situation. Because if you have if you have a good heart, why would you want to see a family member or give friends struggle when you're in a position to help them? Um, so again, you have to use your guy giving common sense. So how I would look at it if you want to be co-signed for you, first of all, like do you have employment to pay, to make that payment? I mean, if you don't have a job, then like I'm not even gonna co-sign for it just straight like that because like I already know already you're not gonna pay the bill like. Me co-sign for somebody that doesn't have a job is like me loaning money to my kids. Like, I know they're not going to pay me back. So, like, what's the point of even loaning the money? I'm just giving the money. So that's pretty much what you're doing. They have to have a job. If they don't have a job, then you pretty much just set yourself up. That's just facts. It's very, very important. And number two, you have to ask yourself, are they responsible? Um, again, you can, and then you can tell a lot about somebody if they're responsible or not. So that's very, very important. Okay, I see you. I see you. Uh, I see dating. You have to be cautious. Exactly. You have to be responsible. So one of the ways you can check if they're responsible is pretty much is, like, for example, like this cell phone bill. If they got, like, you know, Metro PCS or Boost, which is nothing wrong against Metro PCS or Boost because at one time I had them too. But, like, if your bill is due on the 13th at midnight, they're going to cut that sucker off. Like, if you don't pay your bills, like, you you have no idea. You're going to wake up at like 5.30 going to work. Be like, yo, like, why ain't nobody calling me? Why, why ain't get my morning call, my morning text? Because you ain't pay your bills. So that's how it is. Like, so if they got a boost or Metro, one of those other prepaid, and their phone bill, and their phone has been cut off more than three times a year, they're not responsible. That's, that's just facts. I mean, like, that's just facts. So, yeah, if they, you have to see if they're responsible. And you, have, and you also want to know, do they have income to pay that bill? Um, so those are those are the things that I would do if it was me, if somebody asked me to co-sign for them. And then also, too, I wouldn't really just co-sign this for anybody neither. Like, you have to have some type of vested interest. I mean, like, are you like my kids? Are you my significant other? Um, you know, are you like my best friend? I don't even know if I would do for my best friend, to be honest with you. I'm not even really sure. But um, definitely my kids and, you know, the future Miss Francois. I would definitely do it for those. And of course, my mom. So, um, yeah. So, my mom, my kids, and the two, uh, my future queen, those are like probably like the only um, four people, to be honest with you. Because uh, again, you know, when you co sign, you take on the responsibility of that bill, that debt. And then, you know, their intention is to pay that bill. Because that's, that's their intention. But, you know, life happens. And just imagine, like, if they miss a payment, that's going to have a negative impact on you. 
and you'd be like, and then some people you literally have to chase them, like, hey, like, hey, did you pay that bill? You know, it's due on the fifteenth. Or sometimes you got like they got to give you the money, you pay the bill. You, so it really depends if they're responsible or not. Because if they're, if they're not in a position to be responsible, you don't really want to take that chance. So that's very very important. And also it depends. Are you co-signing? Are you co-signing for something that they actually need, or is it a want? Uh, that's another thing too. If it's just something that they just want, uh, you know, you can kind of take your time on it. And also too, like, share, and subscribe again because you might have perfect credit. But, you know, you might have a family member, a niece, a nephew that might not have their credit, that might need this information. Because this is life-changing information. Because a personal story about me, when I was younger, um, I kind of wish I had somebody like Ronnie Francois that would tell me about credit. Uh, that, tell, that would tell me 35% of my payment history uh, was my credit score. 30% was my utilization. I kind of wish that. And I kind of wish that somebody had told me that when it comes to my credit report, Nothing goes on my credit report unless I want it on my credit report. Uh, but I, I didn't have that, you know what I mean? So that's why once I learned about the credit game, how it worked in and out, it was important for me to share that information. Uh, because what good does it do me to get this information that I spent like five to 10 years studying if I can't share it with you? Because the goal is to share that information with you, and that way you can share it with your household, then the neighborhood, the community, the city, the state. That way, Everybody can become a credit hero. Um, that's the goal. That's my ultimate goal is that way everybody become a credit hero. Again, thank you, uh, uh, V. Lamir. Thank you. I definitely appreciate you. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, definitely appreciate that. And again, I said that's the goal. Um, I don't just get on here just to be, you know, just be talking, talk my head off. The goal is to help you become a credit hero too, that way you can make a positive impact. Um, that's 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 what that's that's what it's really about. Um, so again. So the next question is, you know, still relating to cosigners. Do a cosigner have to pay? At the end of the day, in a perfect world, the cosigner shouldn't have to pay. But we all know we don't live in a perfect world. Because if that was the case, I would have a hairline. You know, I don't have a hairline because we don't live in a perfect world. So um, <laughs> it is what it is. But um, at some point, if the person you cosigner for don't pay their bill uh, for whatever reason or fall behind, then you are kind of obligated because if you know the person is about to be late on the bill, like, no, nah, like you, you might as well just make that payment for them. That way they don't miss that payment. Cause if they miss that payment, your score is going to drop 30, 60 points. So again, in a perfect world, you shouldn't have to pay for pay the bill, but if it's going to prevent the default, um, yeah, sometimes I would definitely recommend you doing that. Cause uh, it's definitely going to help you at the end. And, at the, and the next thing is, can, a co-signer be removed. Yes, um, in certain situations, a co-signer can be removed. Uh, but um, depending on the financial institution, the price and requirement, first, they have to find out if the person um, can actually um, take on the debt on their own. Because if they can't take it, uh, if they can't take it on their own, then um, then, the, then the bank is not going to let them do it. Is there a legal age for co-signing? Uh, pretty much, um, as, as long as, as long as they're old enough to get a credit card and your, your credit score is like at least a 670, which they consider a good credit score, you can be, you can be a co-signer for somebody. So, I mean, of course, if your credit score is like, you know, 600, you know, 590, um, then no, you probably can't. But if you were like at least 670 on up, you can be a, you can be a co-signer for somebody. And again, 
is I personally don't think it's not wrong being a co-signer tonight, but then, like I said, you just have to ask yourself certain questions. Are they responsible? Do they have money to pay that bill? Uh, because if, if 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 either one of those questions, if it's a no for either one of those questions, then you pretty much just like setting yourself up for failure. And why would you want to do that? Um, that wouldn't even make no sense. It's very, very important. And so the next question is, what is the difference between a co-signer and an authorized user? Because some of you might know both. Uh, some of you might have heard authorized users. Some haven't. Basically, with a co-signer, you want that you want that just in case that person um, don't pay their bill. And also, too, most of the time you need a co-signer. Their lower interest rate. It just depends on the bank or institution. So when you're authorized users, it's a little different. Um, let's say you have a niece, a nephew, significant other, where the credit score is not that good, but they want they want to get an increase. Then that's when you would um, you'll be authorized user. So authorized so there's a difference in authorized user and a cosigner. Again, a cosigner is or is, there, or is there any perks for being a cosigner as far as building credit or account history? Uh, thank you for that question. Um, no, so the only perks uh, for being a co um, there, there's not really no perks really. Um, it's more like a I wouldn't say it's a perk. It's, it's not really no perks. The only perks is you helping somebody that's in need. But the only, but it can actually hurt you though. If that person don't pay the bill, if they default that loan, so it can hurt you. So it's kind of like you put yourself on line for a friend or family member, somebody that you care about. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but you just want to make sure that A, they're responsible, B, they can pay that bill. Because if they don't, guess who is going to be left holding that bill? It's going to be you. So those are the questions that you definitely want to ask. And typically people co-sign for significant others, you know, kids, somebody that they care about. They're not going to just do it for just anybody on the street for the simple fact that there's a certain question that you need to ask that person. You want to make sure they're responsible. So again, so that's very, very important. Um, so the only people I was co-sign for again, just my mom, my two kids, and the future Miss Francois. Uh, you know, you're probably out there listening, you know, wherever you're at, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so I definitely appreciate that. Again, so, again, so if you want, oh, you know what? It's time for commercial break because we got bills to pay. So I'll be right back with the Q&A session. Hey guys, it's your boy, Alan M. Newman Jr. Um, I am one of the hosts for He Said What, which airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You do not want to miss it. We are on YouTube. Make sure you go like and subscribe. Let your friends know about it so you get the alert for every time the show is getting ready to come on. The premise of the show is to have black men and women um, come on where we discuss latest topics um, that are important to the community, trending topics. You never know. It could be about dating, relationships, sex, careers, children. You never know what you're going to get, but it's every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once again, make sure that you go on YouTube, so you like and subscribe so you can be a part of it. You never know what you're going to get. Looking forward to having you join us and looking forward to having you tune in with us. Have an amazing day. Hey, what's up? What's up? Welcome back again. Your favorite credit here with Ronnie friends. For Again, I want to thank you. You know, if you're watching this live, or if you're watching the replay, or if you're listening to this on your car or your phone. Definitely want to appreciate you, the love and support. Again, the goal is for everybody to become a credit hero because, um, of course, I can help people. But just imagine if there's like 100, 200, 300 other people helping other people. Uh, that's going to make the world a better place. 
So now, uh, one of the things I've been doing is a lot of people reach out to me in my DM because they have questions. So uh, again, you can always submit your questions either um, on this chat or you can hit me up on IG, the Credit Lab Podcast, or you can just find me on IG, Mr. Ronnie underscore Credit Hero, or you can just send me an email, info at RonnieFrancois.com. Well, if all of that fails because you just cannot remember everything I just told, you can just Google my name because I am Googleable. Yes, that's right. I'm Googleable. Ronnie Francois, the credit hero. Like, I don't really need to credit. I don't even need to carry no business cards when you come Google. But that's how serious that is. Yeah, that's seriously, that's serious. Uh, so a side note, you know, I've done a lot of amazing things in my life. But I think one of the proudest moments was um, when my kids could actually, like, Google my name. Um, and I thought that was really, really cool. That was like a real cool moment for me. That's how I'm like, you know, like an aha moment when your kids can Google your name for something positive. I mean, we all, I mean, anybody can Google somebody's name, but for your kids to Google your name and find something positive to me, uh, that's super dope. Uh, okay. Back to the Q and A section, right? I don't want to put you to sleep. So, um, one of, one of the questions might ask me is, uh, why did I start wearing the, why did I start wearing the lab coat? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you, I just, I mean, it kind of made sense, right? Because I'm in the credit lab, you're in the laboratory, you know, mixing it up. You should have the lab on, you should have the coat on. So I do have the lab coat next to me because I had already read the question already. So starting uh, <laughs> next Tuesday, I will put the lab coat back on. I, I guess it's kind of cool. Some people like that. Uh, but it does get a little hot in the laboratory. So that's why I didn't really wear it, but um. If that's what my audience wants, then um, I guess I got to give it to you guys, right? To make you guys happy. So, yeah, starting next week, I will be in the lab coat. I think I'm going to give me like a short sleeve, though. Because a long sleeve, you get a little high. So, yeah, probably get a short sleeve. I'm going to Amazon, put one in my cart tonight. That's <laughs> so that way I can get it. Because I got Amazon Prime, so I'll probably get it, you know, like tomorrow or something like that. So, if you don't have Amazon Prime, you definitely should get it. You should get stuff a lot faster. But anyway, right, so the next question is, as a, is it is it true as a consumer I can control what goes on my credit report? Yes, that is true. And once I started studying consumer law, that was one of the most important thing I could learn was you as a consumer you control what goes on your consumer report um, from your name, your address, the creditors. You actually have control what goes on your credit report. Um, if you don't get nothing else from this episode today. So if you're watching a replay, is you actually control what goes on your credit report. I know a lot of time when you call uh, the creditors and collection companies, they say, hey, look, um, we report in your account because we have to. Um, the first thing is there is no federal mandate. There is no legal law that says they have to report anything. They report the stuff um, voluntary, on a voluntary basis. So, um, again, nothing on your credit report ever should be on it unless you want to be on it. So that goes back to that first question. Is it true as a consumer, I can control what goes on my credit report? Yes, you control what goes on your credit report. If you don't if you don't want on your credit report, then it shouldn't be on it. It's really that simple. Um, of course, there's certain stuff that you have to do to get to that point. But, um, you know, you keep watching this channel. I'm just keep dropping jewels and gems. And also, too, follow me on Instagram, Mr. Ronnie underscore credit here where I drop a lot of gems, a lot of jewels. So um, matter of fact, that's one of the things that I'm gonna do tonight when I when I get done with this episode. I'm actually gonna put that question on there. Can you control what goes on your credit report? So um I'm definitely gonna go in depth into that. So the next question is, 
Um, someone had wrote, I have over, okay, hold on. Uh, can I bring, uh, I'm really one of the questions on here. Can being a cosign impact your score positively if the account is current and paid on time? No, so it's not going to, um, it's not going to, it's not going to have no positive impact on you. Only thing is going to just have a negative impact on you. So, and then the goal is to make sure they pay their bills. Like, even if you have to go pick up that payment, you go pick up that payment. Or if you got to call them, or if you got to pay and they pay you back, uh, most likely if you pay, they're not going to pay you back. So, no, just make sure you go get that payment. Because they will tell you, they're like, oh, go and pay it for me. I'm paid. And they not. So, you're going to get bamboozled. So, just go make just go get that payment. Don't even like wait on it. Because they're not responsible. So, I'm going to do that. All right, back to this Q&A. Oh, that was a very good question. Very good question. I appreciate that. So, uh, this person wrote, I have over 10 hard inquiries for purchase of my car last year. What can I do? Hey, look, we all have been there. We went to the car dealership and we applied for a car or, you know, whatever, Lamborghini, um, you know, Tesla, X, whatever, whatever you want to get. And they ran your credit. You thought they were going to run it one time, but they ran it like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Um, so you got that one car, but now you stuck with extra, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hard inquiries that you was not expecting. And so typically most people are like, okay, you know what? I got these hard inquiries. Uh, they're going to be in my credit for for two years. They're only going to impact my score for 12 months. But see, the bad thing is when you go apply for certain banks, uh, certain credit cards, like if you have too many hard inquiries, they're going to turn you down. Um, there's certain banks, I believe it's Chase, don't quote me on it. They have this 524 rule. Like if you have, if you have applied, if you have applied for more than five credit cards or five things in the last 24 months, they're going to deny you credit. So again, those hard inquiries definitely, they're going to have negative impact. But don't worry. This is the Credit Lab podcast. I got the solution. So if you got a pen, you can write this down. 15 USC 16. 81B, permissible purpose. It's under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. If you don't know what that is, Fair Credit Reporting Act was established in 1970. It was put in place to protect your rights as a consumer. So 15 USB, 15 USC 1681B, permissible purpose. Basically, what that means is like anyone that pulls your credit, it don't matter if it's, you know, XYZ, ABC, whatever, they need your written consent. So with those other eight, nine, ten other companies, what you would do is you would draft up a letter, basically say, look, I pulled my credit from TransUnion Experience to Equifax, and I noticed there was a hard inquiry from, you know, July 16 or 2020, whatever the case might be. I did not give you consent to pull my credit. So you can either, A, provide me that letter showing that I gave consent. So you already know they're not going to provide that already. They, they, there's no way that... There's a good chance nine out of ten times they're not going to provide that because when the banks, when the car dealership ran your credit, they didn't send them consent. They just pull it. So if they can't provide that, then they have to um, pull off your credit report. So it's really that simple. They either provide the documentation or they take it off. Um, it's, it's not like going back and forth. And then when you do, do that, when you reach out to that creditor, you want to have a certified mail return receipt. Because that way, first of all, you're going to see that they received it. Number two, uh, you're going to see who signed for it. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to call over. Because if you call on the phone, they went, hey, you know, like XYZ dealership, you know, uh, said it was okay. You gave permission. You know, then that person's not going to know. And then you're going to get confused. You're going to get frustrated. So to prevent all that, type of the letter. Even get the letter notarized if you want to. 
send it to the creditor because the mistake that a lot of people make, they will send it to the credit bureaus. Hey, what's up, Mike? What's up, Mike? Hey, thanks for hopping on. I appreciate you. Um, so a lot of people will send the letter to the um, to the to the consumer report agencies, and then consumer report agencies gonna reach out to the um, bank, and of course the bank gonna say, yeah, you know, they gave us permission to pull the credit, and then it's gonna come back verified. So that's why you save the consumer report agency for last, and you go straight to the person name that is on your own credit report for that hard inquiry. Because the goal is they cannot pull your credit unless they have your written consent. 15 U.S.C. 16, 1681B. Um, you can look up yourself. I'm not making this stuff up. They need to have your written permission. If they don't, then that's a violation of your right. And of course, anyone that violates your right under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, um, you can actually get paid for that. Um, so that's very, very important to know that. All right. So the next question is, is it possible to sue collection companies. Yeah, that's right. Again, that kind of piggybacks off, off the previous question. Whenever your rights get violated, you can actually sue. You can sue the creditors, you can sue the consumer reporting agencies, you can actually sue the collection companies. And we know collection companies break the break a lot of rules. Like for example, for example, like this is a real simple one. When they call you, they say this is an attempt to collect a debt. I think it's anything you use anything you say can in the world use against you to collect this debt. That right there, that, that two sentence line, like 12 or 13 words, I don't know exactly the word, the word count. That right there is a violation of your right, right there. When they open up with that, that's a violation of your right, right there. And then, so if you want to know, like, hey, yeah, Ronnie, sure, you said I can get paid, I can sue, but like, I don't believe you. Okay, cool. I'm glad. I got the, I got the research right here. 15 USC 1681 N as in Nancy. That's what I'm going to say again for the people in the back. 15. USC 1681 as a nasty civil liability for willful noncompliance. You can actually sue them for up to a thousand dollar per violation. That's right, up to a thousand dollar per violation uh, for violating your rights. So let's just say, uh, you know, a collection company call you and you know they say this is intent to collect a debt. Anything you say can use collect uh, can be used towards this debt. That's a that's a that's a that's a thousand dollar right there. Another thousand dollars. Hey, first of all, like, did I even give you permission to put this on my credit report? Yes. With the collection companies, they need your consent to put something on the credit report. So if they just do willy-nilly put something on, that's another violation right there. If they send you something in the mail and it, there's a logo for the collection company, that's another violation right there. So this violation after violation. So um, again, I think on my YouTube, on my um, Instagram page, I might have put like a um, a post, you know, the Credit Lab podcast is telling you how you can actually get paid for different violations for the collection companies. Um, but there's, there's like, there's so many of them out there. But again, when it comes to the um, consumer reporting agency, Experience Transgene Equifax, they only do what we allow them to do. Um, so again, if you look in the Fair Credit Report Act, in the very beginning, it even states that Transgene Equifax, Experience, well, it says CRA, Consumer Reporting Agency, but we know those are top three. Like they don't have no power, they don't have no control. They assume the responsibility of collecting our information. They assume. So if I wake up tomorrow and I assume I'm the president, and everybody assume I'm the president, that's kind of how what they assume that position. So they don't they don't have no rights to even do what they do, but they do that because we allow them. And that's why it's important to know your rights as a consumer. 
I mean, at one time, I didn't know my right. I mean, I wasn't born as the credit hero. So, What's up, y'all? It's your girl, P, with P's Intuition here on the He Said What Network. Join me each and every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time for your spiritual guidance, spiritual clarity, and intuitive oracle reading. All right? See y'all. Peace.